So today, listeners, we have the pleasure of having Susan Young, the, the official blog post writer for Sailor 50. And earlier this year, Susan was involved in the actual meetup of the Sailor 50 group in the UK. Is that right, Susan? That's right. Yes. Yeah. It seemed like a good idea at the time. <laughs> and then and then it became quite involved. But yes, it was an idea I'd had nurtured for a little while, but I couldn't imagine how it was going to happen. Take us through what it is and how it started and, and then the whole works around it. Certainly. So what had happened was I'd been to a meetup. I, I love to go to meetups. Yes. So if you follow my Instagram account, you'll can see me kind of hobnobbing with all sorts of other sewers and, and makers. And I've been doing that for three or four years now. And I love it. And I went to a, a meetup just before Christmas at a lovely place in North London called the Village Haberdashery. It's a beautiful shop and there's a lovely studio space there as well. And that's where this particular meetup was held. And it's actually quite a regular spot for having meetups because it's a nice centrally placed location in London, but it's not right in the middle. And so I went home from that and I thought, do you know, that would be a really good place to try and organise a so over 50 meetup because its location is such that it has transport links coming in from various different places so it's okay. not right in the center of london which finding a place that would accommodate us would be really difficult really expensive i've no idea how it would work so explaining um, it to a little aussie like myself yeah. does that mean that you can get there by the tube and also by bus yes oh. you can Oh, in fact, it has two different tube lines and an overground train really? line. Yes, it's really well connected. The only thing that's more difficult is if you drive. Because it's in a suburb of London, a really built-up suburb of London, parking yeah. is not easy. Although I did chat with one lady on the day, and she had driven. What you can now do in the UK, if you're going to places like that and you need to park, there is a website where you can book space on somebody's drive. Really? Yeah. In their drive? <laughs> That's right. So because it works very well. If you're going to football matches, a lot of the stadiums in London are in areas where you can't park, you can't drive. So the enterprising locals who have space that a car could be parked, they are renting out their drives for an hour, a couple of hours, the whole day, whatever. So that's, that is a possibility. That, that is innovative. We should be doing that here in Sydney, I think. Yes, why not? Why not? I can't remember the name of the Blinkin website, though, but it's <laughs> bookmydriveway.com. It's called because I knew of it because of my husband and my daughter like to go to football matches, and while they were rebuilding the Tottenham Hotspur ground, that people were driving and parking their cars on other people's spaces oh. and then going to the tube. That, that's how that one worked. But that's why I used, I decided that the, the village haberdashery would be perfect yes. because it, it's got these all these connections with the train and then it's about a, a minute and a half walk from any one of those stations. So it's fantastic hmm. and it's a beautiful building okay. as well. So I'll know how to get there at some point yeah. in the future. Oh, okay, good. Yes, I, hope, uh, I do hope you'll be back here <laughs> at some point. Me too. To be able to go. Because it's a shop as well as having the studio space, you know, I knew that if, if the chatting <laughs> wasn't going very well, as if, uh, then there would be the chance for people to just 
spread out into the shop and have a look at the beautiful fabrics and, and yarn and haberdashery and things that she sells, her patterns and things too. Yeah. So, first of all, I put the idea to Judith because so over 50 is her baby. Yes. So I didn't want to just go in there and say, oh, I'm going to organise the first meetup. I wanted it to have Judith's blessing. And also, I really wanted, if possible, for Judith to be able to be there. Exactly. That might not sound much to us, except Judith lives in Edinburgh. Hmm. And obviously, I'm near London. So the next thing was to find dates that the shop had available and then check that Judith would be able to come for one of those dates. Yes. So there was all of that to do, first of all. And eventually we settled on the 22nd of February. Judith could do that. She was able to come down and be there and co-host with me. So then, really, I just got on with contacting as many people as I could. I was doing this all sort of behind the scenes initially. I didn't want to put any big announcements out there until I knew I got some interest. I had this slightly mad idea that I would do a charity raffle so to get some prizes. So I contacted loads of people who I've got to know over the last two or three years. And I have to say, I was so, so touched with how generous everybody was. I had just one decline of giving a surprise, and I'm not going to give that person their space. But everybody was so generous with their offers of prizes. So there was patterns, there was fabric, there was little pieces of equipment, there was gift vouchers to spend. That's so supportive, isn't it? It was fantastic. And I just think that was an indication Mm -hmm. of how far we've come with So Over 50. This is now 18 months since it started. Yes, that's right. I felt that was an absolute vindication of how well-known it's become, that all these wonderful prizes were offered. My first prize was a faff sewing machine, brand-new faff sewing machine. That is a huge prize. Which is worth, which was worth nearly six hundred pounds sterling. So that's very generous. It it really was. So then it was just a case of like, well, how many people can we have in the space? Because I'm the only person who'd been there. Judith had never been there, and so I was in contact with Annie, the owner of the shop, you know, just to check this out. And I thought, well, I'll I'll over overstate how many tickets and then we put I put the tickets out there and I opted to make the tickets free yes because that made it less complicated in Mm. fact to to organize that (laughs) so I announced the tickets being made available I think it was in January I've actually forgotten now so the tickets were available on a Saturday morning in January and there were 60 tickets and they'd all gone in two and a half hours Wow. Mad. It was like Glastonbury of (laughs) sewing. Sounds like it. They must, everyone must have been on their phones just waiting for the tickets to become available. I really think they were because the bulk of the tickets had gone, over half the tickets had gone in less than an hour. And there were only a couple of dribs and drabs left by the end. There were about six tickets left and they were all snapped up before midday i would have had that in my calendar with the alarm going and i'd be there trying to get the ticket as soon as they were available i think you're right i think that (laughs) is what people did i had a waiting list as well i had uh, 
a small waiting list. In the end, because the way these things are, some people couldn't come and they let me know beforehand. So then I was able to offer the tickets to the people on the waiting list. So I think virtually everybody who wanted to be able to come yes. did come. But and people travelled huge distances. That was the other thing. So on the day, by then I'd done lot, sorted everything out. My daughter came with me. My husband had made a cake. He likes to make fruit cake. Judith wanted a fruit cake, and Tony's very good at making those. So he'd made used his Christmas cake recipe. Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> so we got that all the way there, and we took all the prizes. I didn't have the sewing machine. I'd opted for that to be delivered directly to the winner, so I didn't have to carry a sewing machine. Good idea. <laughs> you don't want to be carrying a feff on the tube. No, exactly. <laughs> and it was also a masterstroke to have taken my daughter as well because she actually works in advertising. And I gave her my phone mm. so she could take photos. So she was virtually the only person that took any photos on the day because <laughs> everybody else was so busy chatting. Exactly. And that's what happens. Yeah, it was wonderful. The atmosphere. I was a little bit anxious beforehand, but not too much. I thought I've done everything I can. I know that people will chat. It's not like I've got to organise much now once they're there. Yeah. And and we chatted and chatted, chat. And of course the time went, it just disappeared in no time. It was wonderful from my point of view too to watch new friendships being formed. Yeah. And people meeting in real life with had come from, you know, hundreds of miles away that they it was a really big deal for some people because they travelled on the train long distances on their own for the first time potentially in their life. And they'd come for an event to talk about sewing. I mean how amazing is that? They'd really pushed themselves yeah. because they felt so passionately, so strongly to want to be there. And that was a really wonderful thing. Absolutely loved it. And then it was over. I couldn't believe it was over. So I really hope there'll be another one. Who knows at this point? Yeah. Um, it was just fantastic. It really was. And I wrote a blog post. So if any of your listeners are interested, there is a blog post there, which I think you've possibly linked to already. Yes. Uh, so go and have a look. But most of it is just photographs. It's all the photographs that Bryony took of people enjoying themselves and chatting and having a really good afternoon. And then away they went again. What could be nicer? Exactly. And I had, you know, I've had a look at the photos. It was actually good to see certain faces that I've seen on Instagram or I've seen on the Sewer 50 blog posts or on the Instagram posts. I think if people go to your blog posts and just have a look at the photos, they'll be able to see the joy that everyone had on the day. Very much yeah. so. And it was interesting also because some of the people that were there they follow the account, but they never post anything. I think Sandy touched on this when she was chatting with you. She did. They yeah. just watch. They watch, and, and yet they felt strongly enough that they came to the event. So I didn't know who they were. Judith didn't know, didn't recognise them either. And Judith obviously is very much hands-on with the account on a day-to-day. -day. But she didn't know who they were either, but these ladies felt strongly enough or interested enough that they wanted to be there and be a part of it but they're shy or exactly know, you know they don't want to put themselves on the internet and that's understandable because not everybody wants to but they still wanted to be involved so amazing fantastic yeah you know it's really good to see that people who are not so prolific or seen 
still mm. have that passion for sewing mm. and the sewing community and actually turn up in person. That's a huge star. That's a huge thing, isn't it? And some of them, not everybody had to come terribly long distances, yeah. but others had come, like I said, really long distances. So not only did we not know who they were, they didn't know any of us yet either. But you do have this thing where you feel like you know somebody. Yeah. Because a lot of people came up to me... <laughs> almost like I'm some kind of sewing celebrity which is ridiculous but they know who I am because I my face is out there quite often and what with the pink hair as well although I have to confess it ain't pink at the moment because I really can't be bothered this time nobody's gonna see it but once we're released back into the wild again then I shall pink it up again yeah, people recognise me more easily than I can necessarily recognise them. But it's lovely. I just, just feel it's a privilege, privilege that people want to come and chat with you about sewing. I think the key thing from my perspective when I've seen what uh, yourself and Sandy and Judith have done, you've done it from the heart. Yeah. And I think that's what people treasure. And yes. that's why they are happy to be involved, even if they're only watching and not actually posting. That's fine, isn't it? If that's what works for them, then that's what works for them. Mm. You know, we, not all of us are outgoing and chatty. I, I can put that front on, but I'm more than happy to just be quietly working away here at home on my own. I, I enjoy my own company just the same as I enjoy the company of others. I think Sandy and I are perhaps a bit more gregarious than Judith. Judith... <laughs> Is an absolutely lovely person when you're with her. Yes. But by her own admission, she's a quite more reserved, I think, in putting herself publicly out there. Yeah. But, uh, you know, she's our great leader. <laughs> she is. Uh, look, the three of you are a fabulous team and with your support teams now, I think it's yes. you're only just going to get better at what you're doing, have more influence, bring joy to people who are part of the Sober 50 group. So thank you. Mm. Oh, you're very welcome. It's lovely to have people like you on board as well. <laughs> you're welcome. Thanks again for your time, Susan. No problem. I've enjoyed it. It's nice to have somebody to chat to. <laughs> Anytime. Thank you again to our loyal listeners, our So Over 50 listeners, and any new listeners who are happy to listen to our daily podcast to help keep their Sojo going while we're staying at home and staying safe. I hope you've enjoyed listening to the lovely Susan Young of Susan Young Sewing and the official blog writer of Sew Over 50. Enjoy your day and come back tomorrow.